Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like more content like this, visit us on our website at www.surechurch.com. The following sermon was preached on January 3rd, 2020 in Brandon, South Dakota, on the basis of John chapter 7, verses 40 to 43. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. At the beginning of last year, I did something that I hadn't done before. I actually sat down and wrote out on a sheet of paper my plan for for 2020. And part of that plan included some of the goals that I wanted to, to follow through on in 2020. I tend to use the word goals because I feel like sometimes resolution has a little bit of baggage that comes with it, right? We kind of roll our eyes at the word resolution because we, we all know how resolutions go, right? You make them with the greatest of intentions. You stay strict and disciplined on it for a little while, but before too long, you're sitting at the beginning of the next year and you realize I've kept hardly any, if any, of my, my goals that I had made for the previous year. Well, uh, to burst my own bubble, (laughs) calling them goals doesn't really change uh, the the attitude and and how you follow through on some of those things. All the goals that I made for 2020, since I wrote them down, I was able to look back on some of the ones that I made, and, and they kind of fell into three categories. The first one was I didn't even remember that I made that goal at the beginning of the previous year, which doesn't bode well for following through on it, right? Uh, The second category was ones that I knew that I had made, and I had good intentions when I made them, and they lasted for anywhere from a couple days to a month to maybe six months, even some of them, before I finally gave up on that goal. Um, And then there were some that I actually did follow through on. Uh, but they kind of fell into those three categories. What about you? Did you make goals or, or resolutions for 2020? Did you do better than me, worse than me? <laughs> Did you fall into one of those three categories too? You probably made more than one goal or, or resolution. Or maybe you don't do that anymore. <laughs> maybe you've learned, you've learned your, your own behavior, you've learned about yourself, and you just don't want to deal with the disappointment of not succeeding at a goal, so you don't even bother to make resolutions. You don't even bother to make goals anymore. It got me thinking a little bit. Why is it so hard? Why is it that we hear the word resolution, we immediately think, uh, oh, failed New Year's resolutions, right? Everybody makes all of these and they don't follow through on them. Why is it so hard to follow through on things through the course of a year? Well, I, I suppose it's a, it's a little complicated, right? And that's probably an easy way to say it, that it's, it's complicated. Over the course of a year, uh, life tends to happen, right? Uh, you can sit at the beginning of the year and plan all you want about the things that you want to happen or the things that you want to do in that year, but, but life tends to happen. Things come up that we couldn't predict, and then we get thrown off track, and we, we can never really get back to where we wanted to be or, or 
fulfilling that specific goal in the year. Uh, maybe the reason is, another reason would be that uh, we, go, we go for it for a little bit. We, we are strict and disciplined on that goal for a month and we're doing good. But, but then we realize that that goal wasn't really quite as important to us as we, we thought it was at the beginning of the year. And so we just kind of give up. Or, or another reason could be that it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> it takes a lot of discipline and diligence to fulfill that goal. And, and sometimes maybe that discipline and that diligence is not quite worth the, the payoff that you get from that goal. Maybe you can think of some of the goals or resolutions that you've made last year or in past years, and they would fall into one of those categories too. Or maybe you failed for one of another hundred different reasons. I'm not sure if you're going to make resolutions this year or goals this year or not, but, but can I give you one anyways? If you're not going to make any, just at least make this one your goal and your resolution for 2021, that we're going to grow in the knowledge that we need, that we're going to know our Savior, and that we're going to know Him better. So I introduced the service by talking about how we're going to skip a little bit in the story of Jesus. Just for this week, we're going to fast forward a little bit. Last week, we talked about how Jesus was 40 days old, and he was brought by Mary and Joseph into the temple and presented at the temple. That was the custom at the time. And as he was brought into the temple and presented, God fulfilled a couple of his promises that he had made to elderly Christians there. Simeon and Anna uh, both, both were well along in years, and they had been promised that before they died, they were going to see the Messiah. And when they saw this 40-day-old baby, you remember what Simeon said, right? He praises God and says, my eyes have seen your salvation. And Anna was overjoyed too when she saw Jesus, the Messiah. Well, now we're fast-forwarding to the point where Jesus is well into his ministry, which here's what that means. Jesus is between 30 and 33 years old, that's when his ministry took place. It started when he was 30, he died when he was 33. So he, he's a 30-something-year-old at, at this point. Several events we're going to skip past for now. Uh, Jesus has already been baptized in the Jordan River by John. Jesus has already gone out into the wilderness and been tempted by the devil and, and succeeded. He won. Jesus has already performed his first miracle at the, the wedding of Cana, and he had performed many miracles since then. And by the point we get to in John chapter 7, people are starting to find out about Jesus. They kind of know about him a little bit. He's, he's been in ministry for long enough that, that word has spread about Jesus. But therein lies the question, what did they know about him? How, how much did they know about him? Because they still had some, some obvious questions. Is this the Messiah? Is this God's chosen one? Some were skeptical. Some believed. Some didn't. Maybe you remember this, but Messiah means anointed one. And if a Jewish person was thinking about anointing, you might remember this too, they would think about the ceremony of anointing. They would picture a, a man who is having oil poured 
on his head, which seems kind of silly to us today. Picture pulling out that olive oil in your kitchen and, and dumping it on your head. That'd be kind of greasy, right? Uh, but that's, that was the ceremony of anointing. They would pour oil on the head of someone, and here's what it signified to the people. It wasn't just a, a silly ceremony, but this signified that this person was God's chosen one for God's chosen purpose. And so here's an example for you. When King David was anointed, he had oil poured on his head. Here's what it meant. It meant that he was more than just king over Israel. He was the king that God specifically chose. That this was not just somebody that was voted into office by his, his peers. He was chosen specifically by God to lead the people. And the kings that followed David and Solomon, and then when it split into the two kingdoms, they were all anointed as well until the fall of Judea and Samaria. And so when they're asking, is this the Messiah, here's what they're asking. Is this God's chosen one? Is this the one that God has sent to us, that he had promised to send to us? Now, it's typically at this point, when we're talking about this kind of stuff, that we tend to get a little frustrated, or at least I do anyways. I'll, I'll voice to you my frustration this morning. That when we, read, when we read the New Testament and we think about how uh, these people got to see Jesus, they had Jesus standing right before them, and yet they were still unsure who this guy was. They were able to listen to Jesus preach. They, they heard his voice. They, they listened to him teach. They, they could probably even ask him questions, and yet they were still unsure as to his identity. Haven't you ever wished that you could have Jesus standing in front of you? I mean, I wish that Jesus was standing up here right now and I was sitting out there listening to him, him preach too. It would be awesome, wouldn't it? We'd really love to have that. These people had that. Some of them witnessed miracles that no science could explain ever. And yet, they were still unsure about who Jesus was and what he was here to do. And so Jesus has a few things to say to the, the crowd of people as he's teaching in the temple. His first thing that he says is this. Get out of the way here. He says, yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. If that sounds a little cryptic, here's basically what Jesus is saying. I am the sent one. I am the Messiah. I am the chosen one, the one who was anointed to be sent to you for a purpose, the one who was promised in the Old Testament. It's me right here. Look no further. Don't look over there or over here. Look here. It's me. Yet we, we heard that some people believed that. Some people were skeptical. Others didn't. In fact, others were, were kind of abrasive to, to that. Some of them tried to seize him and have him arrested, but it says it was not yet his time, and so they weren't able to get a hold of him. Jesus goes on to say this, much in the same vein, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. Jesus would not be here for very long. He was only on earth for a grand total of 33 years. His ministry only lasted three years. They had a limited time to be able to see him, to hear him, to ask him questions, to witness his miracles, and then he would return to the one 
who sent him, which happened 40 days after he rose from the dead at his ascension, right? He returned to the Father. Still, people were skeptical as Jesus works his way through his conversation with the people here. And, and even if they were skeptical, even if they didn't believe in him, Jesus gives them the, the comfort of the gospel. He tries to change hearts because that's the way God changes hearts is through the gospel. He says this, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, river of, a river of living water will flow from within them. So this is all leading up to what we're going to focus on this morning, which is this. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said he is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not Scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. How could they be skeptical? They had Jesus in the flesh standing right in front of them. They had heard him preach, they had heard him teach, and yet they, they didn't know what to make of him. They could ask him questions and witness his miracles, and yet they had no idea what to make of him here. It's a frustrating thought for you and I to think about that. And it's okay for us to be frustrated with that. Jesus was standing before them, and they, they had no clue. They were unsure. Jesus taught and preached in front of them, and they had no clue. If they would have just done a little investigating, right? How could the Savior come from Galilee? Doesn't it, doesn't it say that he needs to come from Bethlehem? Well, well, shouldn't they have just asked a few questions? If they asked a few questions of Jesus or of somebody who was close to him, they would have found out, right, that he was born in Bethlehem, that he was from David's line. Both Joseph and Mary were, were both from David's line. If they would have done just a little investigating, they would have found out this, this indeed was the Messiah. It's frustrating for us because something that seems so obvious, they just didn't get. How many of you like to read? Gra grab a book, go into a quiet corner, and, and really dive into it. You can raise your, raise your hand if you like to read. Oh, we have a good amount of people here. Good. If, if the 16-year-old version of myself would have been sitting in there, I would have gone, I would have gone like this. I would have like, <laughs> hands would have been way down because <laughs> I did not like to read. And my dad was always very gracious to me. He, he loved to read and he wanted me to be able to read too because it's, it's good for you, right, to, to read and good for your brain, good for growth. Uh, but I just couldn't understand the concept of reading for fun. It's funny how things change a little bit. The, the same dad who was encouraging me to do that and, and me blowing him off is the same dad that has now built me three bookshelves that hold all the books that I've read or want to read someday. And it's funny how life works that way a little bit. But whether you like to read or not, uh, maybe something that you take for granted, I know I take it for granted, is the fact that we can read. If, if you go back 200 years ago, in 1820, do you know what the, the literacy rate, the estimated literacy rate of the world was? 12%. 12% of people could read back in 1820. 
That means if, if there's 40 of us sitting here today, only four of you could read. Isn't that crazy? Now fast forward 200 years to, to 20, well, 201 years now, 2021. What is the literacy rate, do you think, today? Of the whole world, the literacy rate is 86%. That stat almost flipped between the people who could read and, and couldn't read. Nine in ten people can read today. It's the highest literacy rate in the history of the entire world. Yet as high as that literacy rate is, the, the biblical literacy rate has plummeted. Everyone knows how to read, but hardly anyone knows what's in the Bible. Even people that come to, to church every Sunday have missed some of the most basic stories of Scripture. And now, we used to be able to have an excuse for that, right? There used to be a time when, when people had a hard time getting their hands on a, a Bible, uh, where before a printing press, it was almost near impossible to have your own copy of the Bible because it had to be hand-copied. Even after the printing press, it wasn't super easy to get a Bible in your hands, yet, yet now we can pull out our phone, and you have the entire Bible on this tiny little device that you can have in just less than a minute, you can have any passage in Scripture in front of you. The Bible has never been more accessible than it is today, yet still so little of the Bible is known. It's easy for us to be frustrated with people who failed to recognize and appreciate Jesus as he was standing right before him. Yet we have everything that we need to know about Jesus right in this book that's right before us, and yet we still fail to pick it up. We know how to read, we have the Bible accessible to us, yet, yet we find it hard to open our Bible on a regular basis and, and learn about our Savior and, and to know him better. But think about the Word of God for a second, because it, it's important to recognize what Jesus has placed in front of you here in his word. This is his word, right? This is God's word. Have you ever wished that Jesus would come here and preach and teach to you? I saw a lot of you nod before. I nodded too. I said, I want to be sitting there and listening to Jesus preach. Well, here it is. Here's his visit. You've ever wished that Jesus would come to you and whisper in your ear? There it is. Right in the Word, He comes to you in His Word. He tells you everything that you need to know in His Word. He gives to you the, the truth in His Word. And these are more than just words that were written a long time ago, but the Word tells us that the Word itself is living and active, and it's useful. These aren't just empty words, but they're powerful words. They give life. And so if we believe that about the Bible, which we do, why wouldn't we open it up regularly and read it? Why would we tune out when, it, when it's read or preached? Why would we let our mind go elsewhere instead of meditating on the Word of God? It can be frustrating to think of the, the Jewish people who had Jesus right in front of them and yet didn't seem to, to want to get to know Him or understand Him. And yet we have... Jesus giving himself to us in his word right before us, and we so often fail to, to open the Bible up and get to know him.
we can let that soak in. <laughs> we can let that convict our heart. But then also hear this. That in that word, when you open that word, you're going to hear this. My child, you are forgiven. You are forgiven because God chose his son. He, he anointed him. He sent him to you to, to die on the cross for your sins, to, to take away your sin. That's what we find in his word, which makes his word more than just useful. It makes his word life-giving. It makes his word something that we so desperately need to hear. Because we need to hear we're forgiven because a lot of times we don't feel like we are. We need to hear that we're loved because a lot of times we don't feel like we are loved. We need to hear that we have peace because we don't feel peaceful at times. We so desperately need what's in this word. Because in this word, Jesus gives us life and salvation. Imagine for a second how 2021 could be different than any other year for you. Imagine for, for this year, you, you make a regular habit out of being in the Word and, and opening up the Word in 2021. Could 2021 be the year that you feel the most peace that you've ever felt? Could 2021 be the year that you are more hopeful than you've ever been before? Could 2021 be the year that, that you feel more loved than you ever have any year of your entire life? We don't get to, to control the events of 2021. Things are going to come up. Things are going to happen that we didn't plan or expect. You can plan on that. God is in control of all of those events. But no matter what happens in 2021, what you can do is you can stay close to his peace. You can stay close to his hope. You can stay close to his love. And you can stay close to your God who gives himself to you in his word. You can know your Savior and know him better, growing in the knowledge that you need. So as we seek to do that, can I give you just four things, four tips in reading your Bible this, this year? The first one is meditate before media. If you're a morning person, before you open up your phone and open up your news app or Snapchat or Facebook or your email, before you do any of that stuff, take some time to fill, your up, fill yourself up with the things that you need, the things that are going to be helpful to you spiritually, and then move on to the other things of the day. If you're not a morning person, if you prefer to, to do your devotion, devotions at night, make sure you take time to set the other things aside, to, to clear your brain of the stuff that has gone on in that day, and to, to really spend time with Jesus in his word. Number two is... Go old school. I mentioned that uh, it's awesome that we can have the Bible at our fingertips whenever we want because we have this little device that we can get passages up there for free. <laughs> and maybe some of you do use a Bible app or something like that. But brain scientists are telling us that it takes up to 15 minutes when you're distracted to get fully back to where you were before that distraction. And so as you're reading on a phone or an iPad, uh, if a text message comes up, it could take up to 15 minutes to get back to where you were. So go old school. Grab a, a paper, Bible, find a quiet place, 
and read through Scripture and meditate on Scripture there. Number three, take small bites. The Bible is an incredibly deep and profound book. If you try to do too much too quickly, you're going to overwhelm yourself. Take, take just a small section of Scripture and read it once, and then read it again, and then maybe even read it a, a third time and underline and highlight and write, write notes, really chew on what that Scripture says and what it means for your life, and you'll get, a lot, you'll get a lot out of it. God will bless you. And the last one is remember Chinese bamboo. Chinese bamboo, when it's planted in the ground, does not show a, a lick of growth above the surface for four years. <laughs> That's a long time, right? But below the surface in those four years, it's putting down deep and wide roots, and you know what happens in year five? They say that Chinese bamboo can grow up to 90 feet in 30 days. You can almost hear the growth, they say, as this bamboo plant is growing. So remember that when you're reading scripture, too, because it's a lot like that. And my fear is, is that for some of you, it's going to take one month. For some of you, it's going to take three. For some of you, it's going to take a whole year to familiarize yourself with the places and the people and, and the words that they use in the Bible. But my fear is, is that if we don't take the time to, to spend that month struggling with the Word, those three months struggling with the Word, that, that year struggling with the Word, you're going to miss out on, on many, many years of deep growth, of great growth and great time with your Savior, of knowing Him and knowing Him better. So here's your four. Meditate before media. Go old school, take small bites, and remember Chinese bamboo. This will be our steps to grow deeper, to know our Savior better in 2021. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we thank you for your word. Help us to always realize that, that your word is, in fact, your word. You are speaking to us there. It's as if you're standing before us and telling us what we need to hear. Help us to be students of your word and to learn from you. Help us to make a regular habit and work in our heart the ability to be disciplined in reading your word and bless us, Lord, through this endeavor in 2021 and always. In your name, amen.